Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good to be with you today. Um, if I'm getting a little distracted today, uh, if some of you are aware, uh, just recently, with it, just a few days ago, uh, Karen's father, Bob Brown, he passed away and uh, caught us off guard a little bit. And uh, so, if I'm a little distracted today as I talk through this, you understand why. And uh, truthfully, I should just tell some stories about about Dad because. As we talk about holy men, there is no doubt that anyone who knew Bob, uh, wow, just a man of God, a man who definitely loved Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, our minds are on him uh, right now. And uh, so I'm just recording this as I'm thinking about him a little bit. But that is, I'm not talking about a Robert in Scripture today. I'm talking about a different guy. Um you know, we're talking about uh, some of the different holy men or the men of faith that we see throughout the Old Testament during this season that we're in, and this is episode 35. And, uh, you know, when you think of some of the stories and the characters in the Bible, there's some of those big kahunas, and uh, I'm not going to be spending a lot of time on those big guys, but we find that there's some lesser characters uh, within the story that are so important. And even though we might not know them as well as we know some of those bigger characters, man, they are so vitally important to the biblical story. And some of those little guys or the guys that we don't know as well, they're so important to the big kahunas story, you know, like David and Moses and those other big guys. Some of these smaller guys are so vital. For instance, uh, you think of some of these different names, and do you even know them? Uh, for instance, how about Baruch? It's a fun name, isn't it? Do you know which big character in the Bible that Baruch is connected to? How about Benaiah, or Adonijah, or Joab? Do you know any of those three names? Uh, some of you do. But those three are actually, they're all connected. They're small characters, but uh, they're all connected, and one of them had the other two killed in the one story. But which big character in the Bible story are they part of? All right, how about another littler one? How about Caleb? Do you recognize that name? He was one of 12 men in one of the big stories. And we could go on and on because there are so many different men who are sub-characters, you know, uh, characters that are smaller. They're not the big ones like Abraham, Moses, and David, but they were all parts of the story. Man, and every single one of them 
that we're going to be looking at for sure. I mean, they're all important as part of the biblical story. They can all teach us how to walk as men of God, to, how to learn how to take steps of holiness by putting our faith in God. For instance, today we're going to look at a guy who was a vital cog in the King David story. You know, David had a few different moments that were huge moments in his story. And this guy that we're going to look at today assisted David in each of those moments to keep his focus, to be able to keep going where God would want him to go. You know, we're told that David was a man after God's own heart. Well, this guy pulled alongside David in several different key moments to help David keep focused on God. All right, do any of you know who I'm talking about today? Who is this guy that helped King David so many times uh, keep focused on God? Well, this guy's name is Nathan. Anybody know this story, uh, the, the guy Nathan? Nathan is a name, uh, be honest with you, uh, in my family's past that we don't like to talk about too often. <laughs> you see, my wife was engaged to a guy named Nathan one time before she had ever met me. The funny thing is, I actually knew Nathan before I knew Karen. I was in seminary with Nathan. He was another student there in the school. Uh, for me, the good news is Nathan didn't get Karen. I did. <laughs> Uh, just for the record, it wasn't because of me. It wasn't, I didn't break them up. They were, they broke up before Karen and I ever met each other. Uh, but I did get the blessing out of the breakup. Anyways, we digress. <laughs> Let's get back to the Nathan in scripture. Again, Nathan, uh, he's in the King David part of the story in the Bible. So you can find uh, his story in uh, several different books of the Bible. Uh, in, in, I think it's in 2 Samuel, uh, Kings, Chronicles. We find David showing up in multiple different parts of the David story. So why are we looking at Nathan today? What can we learn from him in our own walk towards holiness? Well, again, Nathan was a key servant of God who God utilized to keep David on God's path. There are a few different times where David potentially drifted away from God. Okay, there was one time, I think we all know the story, where David did choose the wrong path. He just, he, he blew it big time. And each of those times, Nathan followed God's call as he was willing to go and to share truth in love with David to redirect David back to God. So we're talking about sharing God's truth with someone. That's what we're talking about today, because Nathan shows us uh, such a key way of how he was willing to be bold and do that hard thing to help someone else who was potentially drifting away from God. For all of us, you know, we all have great opportunities to do what Nathan did. What do I mean? Well, let's first take a peek at a little bit of Nathan's story and learn from him, and then we're going to talk a little bit more specifically how each of us in our own walks, how we can take those steps of sharing truth and love. So let's jump in. Uh, there's again, there's three different primary places where we see Nathan doing this thing of sharing truth uh, in the story. Uh, we're going to look at the one that we find in 2 Samuel 7. 
And in this part of the David story, David has just recently become the king of all of Israel, replacing Saul. Saul was the king first. David now finally replaces Saul. He has moved the headquarters of the kingdom into Jerusalem. A palace is built for David, and he finalizes this transition, this move into Jerusalem by bringing the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle into Jerusalem. So he is established there now, and he's established God's presence as the hub there in Jerusalem. So that's where we are in the story. So as we continue the story, we're in 2 Samuel chapter 7, starting in verse 1. It says, when, when King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all of the surrounding enemies, the king summoned Nathan the prophet. So he's wanting some counsel from Nathan. Nathan is a guy that's really deeply connected to God. So David wants to talk to Nathan about this. And he says, Look, David said, I am living in this beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. So I think you can see pretty quickly what David is thinking. The Holy of Holies, where God dwells, should have a nice big temple of some kind, not just a tent, especially when the king is in a nice palace. And that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Well, what does our prophet Nathan think? Jumping down to verse 3, Nathan replied to the king, Go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. So Nathan thinks it's a great idea. Well, you know, who wouldn't? I think any of us, as we think through this, yeah, the king's in a palace. Where's God? The, the presence of God, it's in a tent? Come on, that just doesn't make sense. Back when they were traveling, you know, back in the no, in the Moses story, when God, when they were just nomads going from one place to another, okay, that made sense. The tabernacle was an amazing thing that that God had Moses do in creating that tabernacle. But now that the people of God are getting established, this makes sense. Yeah, David, great idea. <laughs> and of course, Nathan's also saying God has been with you. Seeing how God had been moving throughout David's journey, yeah, it makes sense. Nathan is in full support of David, and he assumes, get this, he assumes that God is too. (laughs) But Nathan is assuming what God thinks. Uh Uh-oh, can you see a potential snag? You, uh, you, I think we all know about assuming, don't we? (laughs) We all made that mistake in some way. We assume, and we know what assuming does for us. What happens? Well, God shows up at Nathan's doorstep to straighten things out before we get too far, before David gets too far down this journey. God shows up to Nathan. Nathan spending time with God. God shows up, says, Nathan, let's get things straightened out. Starting in the verse four, it's jumping down there. It says, but at this time, the Lord said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I've never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. 
Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to Israel's tribe leaders, the shepherds of my people Israel. I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? (laughs) Can you imagine Nathan talking back to God at this moment? Wow. Really, God? God, you aren't in favor of this? But I already told David to move forward. He has probably been up all night with excitement, making plans to move forward. <laughs> Can you see Nathan's thinking, oh, I don't want to go back and talk to David about this. Really, God, can't you just go along with our great plans? You see, and then later on in the story, we find out that part of the reason is because, you know, God says, David, you, you know, you have too much blood on your hands. Uh, it's just not right for you to be the one to build me a house. And eventually he has Solomon. Solomon's the first one to build the actual temple, Solomon being David's son. Then God continues, uh, and on the story, we're not going to read all of this, but God continues to give Nathan a message to share with David, kind of <laughs> brings some better news to David. And it, but it's, it's a message with David how God is actually going to be the one to build David a house instead of David building God a house. And the house that God would be building for David is actually, it's the eternal kingdom. Basically, he shares the message that Jesus would be in the lineage of David, so David's family line would be part of the eternal kingdom. It's a pretty cool rebuttal. But still, it's different from what David was planning to do. So, you know, how's David going to receive this? You know, we, we all have been, had that punch in the gut where we're, we have plans, where we think that this is the direction we're going, and all of a sudden the, the truth comes out and we find out that's not the direction we're going and we have to go a different way. So jumping down to verse 17, after Nathan is, hears the entire story from God of what he needs to go tell David, it says in verse 17, so Nathan went back to David and told him everything that the Lord had said in this vision. Can you imagine that walk, having to be that walk back to David? You already told him one thing. David already has a plan to move forward with one direction, but now you have to go back and share the different message. Can you imagine that walk? Nathan was a bold, godly man. He was willing to do the hard thing because he knew that ultimately it was the better thing. Sharing this this truth, God's truth with David would be the right thing to do. Doesn't mean it was easy. It was probably very hard. It probably at, at first very hard for David to hear. But that truth, hearing God's truth and the the actual direction that God had for David, it was a blessing. We've all been there, haven't we? On both sides of the conversation. We've both have had to share truth with someone else, and we've also had to receive that truth that that changed our direction. Truthfully, I don't know which side of the conversation is easier. You know, think about it. Is it easier to have our direction changed with the truth, or is it easier to burst someone's bubble with the truth? But what Nathan shows us is what a holy man can look like when it comes to sharing truth with others. He shares this hard truth. He shares the truth about David. And 
he also shares the other truth. You know, the, the story, we're not going to look at this story about uh, David and Bathsheba, when that story, whenever David goes down the wrong truth, but uh, he also shared that truth with David. We're going to look at that truth in our, when our life groups get together. But there's another time as well when Adonijah, David's son, was trying to raise himself up to be a king, and that was not the direction they wanted to go. So Nathan had to go and let David know the truth of what was going down. Nathan shows up over and over again sharing truth. So Nathan shows us, you know, how, how do we do this? How do we become more holy in our willingness and, and our ability to share truth with others that's going to make the truth that's, that God shares with us that's going to make their lives better and make them better at life? What does Nathan show us? He first shows us that if we're going to be sharing truth with others the way he did with David, the first thing that we need to be doing is paying attention to God. So that we can learn God's truth, so that we can be make sure that we're focused on what God would have us share with someone. He could not have helped David in redirecting David and keeping him on God's path if he had first not been paying attention to God. Let me share, uh, say this again, guys, because this is vitally important to us. We cannot, just like Nathan, we cannot help others on their walk of faith. We cannot be sharing truth with them if we're not spending time paying attention to God, seeking God's truth. It it's, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Well, that's what Nathan shows us. Second, in a loving, gracious way, he shares truth. Doesn't mean it's easy. It's still hard to have to sometimes redirect someone. You know, we don't do this. Nathan didn't go into David in those several times. He didn't go in there to knock David down, to knock him off his pedestal. Not at all. He went in knowing that the truth that he was about to share with David was going to be lifting him up from the pit that he was in from potentially going down a path that was different from what God wanted. So we don't share truth with others just to blow them up, just to burst their bubble. No, it's because we know that God's truth is always going to help us to a better life. That's what Nathan was doing with David. Sharing the hard truth in a loving, gracious way. And the cool thing is that when we look into how he shares that story with uh, when David was messing up with Bathsheba and then having Uriah murdered, he shares it in a story form. So he does it in a gracious, loving way to not just slam David, but instead to help David, to help David see how he blew it. <clears throat> You're going to look at that in your life groups. So as we think about our own lives now, guys, let's just talk specifically uh, very quickly here in our own lives, where are some of those areas that we can have the opportunity to share truth in love with those that are important to us when they might be going down a path that are, is different from what God might have them be? How, who are some of those people and what are some of those ways? You know, for, for me, instantly, I think about my wife. Uh, for you guys, if you're not married, then maybe your girlfriend. Uh, 
you you think of some of those moments that we have with the, the, the women in our lives that we have opportunities to share truth in love with them because we want to love them. We don't want to knock them down. We want to lift them up. Now we have, you know, there's some of those funny times when we get asked that question, do I look fat? Oh, don't ask that question, (laughs) wives. But if she does legitimately ask, you know, for us to graciously, lovingly help her to know what are those outfits that best suit her that she looks the prettiest in, that she looks the best in. We want to share that. But at the same time, here's another way. My wife always wants me to share truth with her in a certain way. My wife uh, knows that we men visually get stimulated by women. And so my wife, although my wife is gorgeous, at least I think so, she's pretty. My wife doesn't want to dress in a way that is going to lead a brother to lust. My wife doesn't want to dress in a provocative way that's going to perhaps lead a, a brother astray. So if she is dressed in that way, she wants me to share truth with her. If she's showing off too much skin or wearing clothes that are just drawing attention to her in a way that she does not want to, because she, again, she does not want to lead a brother astray. She wants me to tell her the truth. And I've done that a few times with her, that she was wearing something that just, I knew that we guys would be distracted. That's just a way that we can do that, guys. We can share truth with our wives in different ways when we know that she's potentially going to be going down a path that is different from what we know that God might want her to be. Maybe she's the way she's, I don't know, the way she's driving, maybe the way she's uh, uh, talking about somebody, you know, gossiping or something for us to be able to say, honey, I'm not sure that that's the best way for you to talk about that person. It's not to slam her. It's not to knock her down, but instead to lift her up to see that maybe there's a better path. With our children, wow, there's so many times that we can be sharing God's truth with our children. You know, and I am full proponent of sometimes our kids need to learn the hard way, but one of the things that we are called as parents to do is I need to be helping to teach my children God's truth so that they can better know the blessed way to live. Some of us men, some we we sometimes get scared. We're not very bold, you know, sometimes because maybe we don't think that we know enough to be able to talk to our kids about God, and so we're afraid that they're going to ask hard questions. Guys, man up. One of the biggest responsibility. If you have children, one of the biggest responsibilities you have, or maybe some of you have grandchildren already, the opportunities you have is to share God's truth. Teach them God's truth. Again, to know God's, you got to know God's truth first so that you can share God's truth, but you got to be willing to share God's truth with them so that they can know the godly way to live. Another thing, you know, if you have a friend or maybe a family member who is, who you know is sinning, who's going down a path, maybe it's an addiction, maybe uh, they're just doing something that you know is not the best path for them, you know, to have an intervention, to be willing to walk up to them and say, I don't think that's the best. You know, James, the book of James, uh, the brother of Jesus in uh, chapter five, verse 19 and 20, he says this, my dear brothers and sister, if someone among you wanders away from the truth 
and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. He shares a perfect example there that when you share truth, when you help that person get redirected by sharing God's truth with them, you're saving them. You're lifting them up from the pit and giving them the opportunity for a better life. That's what Nathan does for David. David, yes, the man after God's own heart that we're told about, David was not perfect. He was not without sin, but he had a man in his life who was willing to do the hard thing to walk up to him and share God's truth with him. And because he was willing to be bold and holy and share God's truth, David was redirected back to God and David's life was better because of it. Guys, we each have the opportunity to take a step of holiness in our lives by finding those ways that we can learn God's truth or the truth that maybe we've already learned. And if we see someone, whether it's our wife, our kids, another family member, a friend, a co-worker, that we have the opportunity to be Nathan for that individual to be the godly man who's willing to walk up to them in a loving, gracious way and to share truth, to help redirect them. doesn't mean they're going to receive it. We can't control how people receive the truth. You know, David could have rejected Nathan each of those times, but he didn't. Because he was a man after God's own heart, when he did hear God's truth, he received it and he repented and he refocused on where God would want him to be. We can't control how others are going to receive the truth that we share. We can bathe it in prayer. We can learn God's truth. We can share that truth. And then we can simply be available for those individuals to simply walk the journey with them, to help them to get onto the better path that God would have them be on. But Nathan shows us what a godly man looks like. He's a man who's willing to share truth, to love others by sharing truth. You know, going back uh, to what I started with, uh, that's something that my dad did, or Karen's dad did. He did it several times with me. At uh, you know, as I I was will I came and I talked to him about something. Maybe it was going on in the church or something, or maybe something was going on in my life. And we had great conversations where I would just talk with him, and and he would get this look on his face like. I'm not going to have fun telling you this, but here's the truth that I want to share with you. And he would share with me the truth that he knows from his wisdom, from his journey with God. And he would share something with me. And man, it was always shared with love and grace. And because what did he want from me? I was his son-in-law. I was married to his daughter. What does he want from me? He wants the best for me. And so he always wanted to share truth and love to lift me up into a better place so that I could walk with God. Guys, you have that opportunity to take a step as a holy man, as learn as you learn God's truth, to be willing to share that truth with others who need to know it. It's a journey of holiness, guys. <laughs> None of it, I'm not perfect at this yet. And I have several times where I could have shared truth with someone and I dropped the ball. I didn't do it. So today I want to take a step of that. I want to learn from Nathan. I want to learn from godly men like my father-in-law. 
and learn how I can walk alongside of others, share truth, share love, and lift them up to a better place. Have a great day, guys, as you continue on your journey of holiness.